0: Hold up our Bibles. Let's make our confession together. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today, I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears, then into my mind, and then into my spirit. I'm a hearer of the word and a doer of the word, and I'll never be the same after today. In Jesus' name amen you may be seated wasn't Gary Cassie fabulous last week we just really really enjoyed having Gary Cassie here and uh, Sunday night he did a session for our business leaders that was probably one of the best that we've ever ever had Um, I've asked them and they have graciously agreed to take more appointments we've had we had a huge turnout to their offer to help us come up with get out of debt plans for each family they have they brought a team uh, gary brought a team with him of people uh, and you signed up last week and then this past week they met with families uh, they brought their their financial information and signed and uh, now they are in the process of putting together plans for them. We had over 60 families in our congregation sign up for this. Uh, and I'm just going to be uh, honest with you. Connie and I did it as well. Uh, we brought all of our stuff, sat down with them, shared it with them. And they pointed out some areas that they can help us listen you don't even have to have any debt though for them to be able to help you because they also can advise you as far as investments are concerned that kind of thing we had so many people come we had so many people who were excited about this it's free the one of the big questions that they got when they sat down with everybody is so how much does this really cost it really costs zero it's free they will do this for you for free and so I can't figure out why anybody wouldn't at least say that's what we did I mean we're good money managers Connie and I but we thought if it's free we can at least show them our stuff and they can Uh, they can come up with some I actually told Connie before we before we went for our appointment I said they're not really gonna be able to I want to be a good example to the church and and so we're gonna do it ourselves and they're not really gonna be able to help us because we're pretty good money managers and uh, they and they said no actually we can help you here we can help you there and we can help you over here and they're gonna have a plan for us next week we're gonna sit down and look at at the areas they are gonna help us with and so we did it and it was free and I thought the the worst thing that could happen is they could say well we can't help you which actually did there were several families nope you've actually got what you need and you're in good shape and we can't help you but I want to recommend this to everybody uh, you are gonna have a second appointment and it is free and then if they need now, now if you need a third follow-up appointment it is free this is all free and that's been the biggest question they've had so at the end of service right back here in the back there's a table set up and if you want to sign up for this go back there give them your name your email address and your cell phone number and they're going to give you a time slot and uh, sit down and meet with you and, and look at your stuff uh, the, the church is not getting a kickback from this and so this is totally 100% I booked this because I want to help you alright Amen, so just wanted you to have that Hey, uh, and first Wednesday worship and prayer is coming up I'm excited about that uh, So don't miss that as well James chapter 1 verse 5 through I love worshiping with the congregation And uh, we're going to pray for people for healing If you need healing, come and worship with us We're going to have a, uh, a time of worship Then we'll have a healing service Plus we're going to pray for our nation Just what they said on the video I'm being redundant, I realize I'm just excited about it Can I be excited about it? I'm excited. All right, James chapter 1, verse uh, 5. Here's what I want to talk with you about today. Today, I want to minister to you about what to do when you don't know what to do. I believe that, actually I don't just believe, but I have seen a lot of situations. I've had two people this week come to me and say, I'm in this situation and I don't know what to do. And this is not I'm not preaching at these two people if you're one of those in here This sermon is not just for you. This message is for all of us How many of you have ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Seriously, some of you have never been in a situation you didn't know what to do. Well, I'll raise two hands for you then because I have been in numerous situations where in my mind in my in my situation to be able to think through it I just didn't know what to do I didn't know which trigger to pull I didn't know which decision to make and I want to talk with you about that today some of you are in that very situation right now you're in a situation right now you are not sure what to do and you're really trying to figure that out and and I, I Encourage you to take notes because if you're not in that situation, how many of you think there's a possibility you will be? Amen. Or you, you don't, I don't know what to do. Somebody help me. We all want to please God, uh, we all want the right outcome. We want the right outcome we all want an outcome that pleases God we all want an outcome that moves us into the future God has for us and we all want an outcome that keeps us from sliding backward I don't want to make a decision and find out that because of that decision now a year later I'm two steps back where I need to be because I didn't know what to do and I did the wrong thing so what's really challenging though uh, most of the time I have found that most of the time once I get through it I actually end up doing the right thing but it's the stress of not knowing what to do what if I make a wrong decision how is this going to affect my family how's this going to affect my job how is God gonna ple- be pleased if I make this decision and people are people that can be a really really stressful time and stress can lead us to make the wrong decision pressure can lead us into making the wrong decision because most of us have i i I dare say none of us like that situation where i don't know what to do for a month i don't know i didn't know what to do last week i don't know what to do this week i may not know what to do next week and we don't like that pressure and sometimes to get the pressure off we just make a decision i just i can't handle this anymore let's just do that Uh, And how many of you know that could have devastating consequences if you make the wrong decision if you get Pressured you feel like you're pressured into making the wrong decision So I want to say first of all before we get into this uh, One thing you need to do is just take a deep breath and not allow pressure To cause you to make the wrong decision. This is not in my notes I just I just feel led by the Spirit of God to say this you need to some of you feel pressured pressured and pressured I always kind I have a rule and that is if somebody's trying to sell us something and the offer is going to expire in the next five minutes and we have to decide right now the answer is no I mean you could now you could you're missing a great opportunity I mean you could get this for 90% off but I got to know right now well the answer is no I'm not gonna get pressured into making any kind of decision You know hey hey listen I got girls lined up everywhere and if you don't decide you're gonna I got to know today are you gonna marry me or not well the answer is no (laughs) not until when I'm ready to make a decision I'll make a decision and so the enemy uh, here's a good question to ask yourself what's the worst thing that can happen if I don't make this decision today usually it's nothing except the stress that we feel That we haven't made a decision and I want to help alleviate that stress today can I help you with this okay what to do when you don't know what to do number one speak what God says about you that you have his wisdom everybody say I have have the wisdom of God because I'm a child of God I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me and the Spirit of God leads me God speaks God to me speaks and, I exactly to and I know exactly what to do James chapter 1 I had you did everybody turn there yes. James chapter 1 verse 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach in other words he doesn't hold it back and it will be given to him but but one day I'm gonna do a series on the butts of the Bible but Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Let him ask for what? Wisdom. In faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now stay with me a second. Hebrews 11, 1 says that faith perceives as real fact what is not yet revealed to our senses. So in other words, when we don't feel like we know what to do, faith says we do. So we're to ask in faith with no doubting. I have no doubt whatsoever I know what to do. Say that I have no doubt whatsoever that I know what to do let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways so when we don't know when we're not convinced when we're not certain that we have the wisdom of God and we know what to do then we're vacillating every day I know that feeling anybody know that vacillating feeling of today I'm going to make this decision but tomorrow no that's right I'm going to make this decision and the next day we're back to this decision And the next day, we're back to this decision. And we're unwavering and we're unstable when we don't understand, we don't realize, we don't speak, we don't stand in the place where we say, I know what to do. Even when, and this is what's going to flip people out, even when in our mind we don't. Faith perceives as real fact Hebrews 11 1. you need to write that down it's not up on the screen Hebrews 11:1. faith perceives as real fact what is not yet revealed to your senses in other words you have it even when you don't see it faith says the need is met faith says the healing is there faith in, as far as wisdom is concerned says I know what to do even when you don't know what to do faith says you do in 1995 the beginning of the year 1995 Connie and I lived in a town in Virginia Marion Virginia we were uh, I was the associate pastor at a, at a church there uh, and had a had a great position with a great pastor we loved where we were but there was a town up the road in Withville Virginia and they had a church there that we loved we loved the pastor we loved the people and Connie and I always told ourselves if we ever get to pastor our own church again we want to pastor a church like that I would never covet another man's church or another man's pulpit or anything like that but we so I never we never said we want that church but we would love to have a church like that so the beginning of 1995 the pastor of that church called me and said Next year, in 1996, I'm going to be moving to Florida to, take, to work in a ministry there. And we've been praying, me and the elders have been praying, and we believe you're supposed to be the next pastor of this church. Wow. That was, that was a dream come true. That was that was. We were so excited, you know. He said, "He said that'll be next year, so just prepare yourself. Just pray about it. Be sure that you're in agreement with it." And so we're we're praying about it, and we're we're kind of in, you know, get, you know, we can't focus on anything else. So in the meantime. Pastor Eddie Crabtree, who pastored this church, we were meeting over in warehouses over off of Gresham Lake Road at the time. He called me and said, I'm going to be out of town for a couple of uh, Sundays here and here and here. And I'd like for you to come and preach at Living Word. So, uh, one Sunday I came and preached at Living Word. And... Uh, through this is a long story I'm I'm trying to shorten it here there are other details I'm leaving out but basically after we preached after we came down and I preached the living word the next week he called and he said well actually my wife and I are moving to Roanoke to a pastor a church there and we believe you're supposed to come here and you're supposed to be the pastor of this church Uh, so now we have two churches that want us to come and be their pastor and and may I point out, that was after a period of about four years, four or five years of praying and believing God that for a for a, a place where we could go be the senior pastor, we believe that's what we were called to do. And our pastor was in agreement. Everybody was in agreement, but there just weren't any doors open. And so that's a whole different story in itself. So anyway, uh, we told him that we would pray about it. Now we have a dilemma. Uh, so... And here's the interesting thing. Every time I come to preach at this church, I have to drive by the other one. So I'm driving by the other one. And now they don't know about this. The other church doesn't know that this has happened because it's gonna be next year. So they don't know about this, but that was our dream. That was our, the the dream, that was our dream church. It was like, wow, God would do this for us. We were so excited about that. And then when this opened up, and so then they call, you know, a couple weeks later, I drove down to preach again. And then a couple weeks later, I drove down to preach again. And Pastor Eddie's asking me, so have you prayed about this? Or are you going to, we need to get to Roanoke. Are you going to do this or not? We didn't know what to do. I'd come down here and preach and I would feel like I knew what to do. Oh, no, we're supposed to be here. But then I'd drive back and I'd drive past that church. The one that we loved, the one that we longingly had looked at and said one day we're gonna pastor a church like that and then now we have a door open, we can pastor that church. Everybody see my issue? Anybody ever been in an issue like that? That's where we were at. And so I'm continually saying, uh, you know, Pastor Eddie would call me and say, so what are you gonna do? And my, my response was, I, I don't know what to do. I'll let you know. And I, I was constantly saying that, I was ca- saying that to Con- I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do here I would I would get here and I preach here and I go no I know what to do now I'm, I'm good until I drove past that church I drove past drive past that church and look at it and go uh, no, I don't know what to do so I was continually I'm, I probably said that five times a day I don't know what to do our future here not only our future but the future of these two churches is at stake this is a serious thing and I don't know what to do and one day I had preached here w- I'd come by myself Connie wasn't with me and I'd preached here and I was on my way home and I was sitting in the car and so now Pastor Eddie he's not getting irritated necessarily it's just if we're gonna do this you need to t- this it's been like a month so you need to tell me what you're gonna do I'm, dri- I'm driving in the car and I'm just saying to myself I-, I don't know I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and the Spirit of God in this big, booming, silent voice. Anybody ever hear the big, booming, silent voice of the Holy Spirit? The big, booming, silent voice of the Holy Spirit filled my car and he said, "Don't say that again. What? What'd I say? Don't say that again. I don't know what to do, because James chapter one says that if you ask for wisdom in faith and don't doubt, then you'll have the wisdom that you need. So don't say that again. So by the time I got home, you know, I saw Connie and I said, honey, I've got it. I know what to do. She said, okay, great. Where are we going? I said, I know what to do. She said, okay, great. What is it? I know what to do. She looked at me and she said, that's a faith answer, isn't it? I said, absolutely. It's a faith answer. I know what to do. And I started, she said, well, then I know what to do, too. And we started speaking together. We knew what to do, even though in our brain, we didn't know what to do. But we started saying that. We knew what to do. And in two days, the answer came, bam, just as clear as it could be. I knew exactly what to do. But it didn't start with God interrupting my confusion. It started with God answering my faith when I said, I know what to do even when I didn't. Now, you gotta be careful who you say that to because some people think you're nuts. When you say you know what to do, when in your brain you don't know what to do. Was that helpful? Yes. Um, Mark eleven twenty three twenty four 24 says, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. For if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. So say it, I know what to do. I have the wisdom of God and I know what to do in every situation. In the situation I'm facing now, I'm not confused, I'm not upset, I'm not disappointed and I'm not stressing out. I know exactly what to do. Listen, when you speak that, when you speak those words, something settles you on the inside. And you're and and God can speak to you in that environment whatever things you desire when you pl- pray and that includes wisdom whatever wisdom you desire when you pray believe that you receive it and you will have it that makes sense number one speak what God says about you that you have his wisdom number two surround yourself with faith surround yourself with faith surround yourself with faith words faith people faith music faith pictures surround yourself with faith you don't know what to do but you know what the outcome is supposed to be you know where you're going in your life and sometimes you have to get way out there I've got two job opportunities and I don't know what to do or I have no job opportunities I don't know what to do what you can do how far out do you need to get until you have a clear picture I don't know what my job is going to look like at the end of this year I don't know what my situation with my family is going to look like six months from now. How far out do you need to get before you can say, but I know what that looks like? And you look at that. Does that make sense? And you surround yourself with faith words concerning that, you surround yourself with faith pictures. I've got pictures. I've got pictures of our upgrade project in my car. I've got pictures of our upgrade project on my mirror. I've had a picture of our upgrade project on the mirror where I get ready for work every morning for six years. In the same place for six years. I got them in my office, I got faith pictures everywhere of what I'm believing God for. Faith people, Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. If you walk with wise people you'll be wise if you walk with fools you're a fool yourself Proverbs 13 20 the message Bible says you become wise by walking with wise people hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces surround yourself with faith people surround your, yourself with people who believe the Word of God and believe what you believe and stand for what you stand for I'm I'm going to get emails for this comment, but you need to surround yourself with faith music. Yes, yes. And not all Christian music is faith music. I've gotten to where I can't listen to to it. I was listening to the radio, the a Christian radio station, the other day, and the, and a song came on, and the gist of the song is was this: Jesus, since I've given my life to you, my life sucks. One day, I'm going to go to heaven and be with you, and that'll be wonderful. But right now, the devil is beating my brains out. I thought, I can't listen to this. So I, you know, I I just, I turned it off and gave that song time to go by. So I turned the radio back on, and uh, the next song said, Jesus, since I gave my life to you, my life is worse than the guy who just sang on this radio station. (laughs) My life is so bad, it's so terrible. I know I have you in my heart, and I know, Jesus, that you're with me through all the crap I'm going through. And Forgive me, I realize I'm a little out there. and it's just, And it's just awful, but one day, because you're my savior, something's gonna change. I don't know what. I turned that one off, gave it two or three minutes, then turned the radio back on, and it was that song was Jesus. Since I gave my life to you, what those two guys just said is nothing compared to the junk I'm going through. My, you know what I did? I switched it over to classic rock. I don't even, I don't even, I don't, I don't listen to classic rock. I don't listen to rock and roll much. You know, that's my past life. I don't listen to that. But I needed, I needed the Stones or Grand Funk Railroad or somebody to get me out of the depression that the Christian music put me in. You need to surround yourself with faith music. God, you're great, you're awesome, you're wonderful. What you, you have the power to to split the seas. I can walk right through the seas. Listen, it's not that, we're not denying that there are bad circumstances. We're not saying that, that the Christian life is all butterflies and flowers and all that stuff. But we're saying in God, we're victorious in every single situation. That God did not lie to us with his word. That because of his word, we're victorious. Music has a way of sticking in you. I don't know about you, but I get I get I get songs in me, and I got I got to be careful what I listen to because I can't get that out of my head. Uh, uh, you know, they're just catchy, and so Christian music can be the same thing. And you can you can. Uh, uh, you, can, you can find yourself going over and over and over again. My life's awful. My life's really awful. Jesus, I love you, but my life is awful, 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 awful. You keep meditating on that, and that's what you're going to have. So, you need to, uh, second of all, surround yourself with faith. Thirdly, trust in the authority of God. Trust in the authority of the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God and he says this. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. God is working on your behalf. It's happening. I don't know what to do. I don't don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Stop saying that because behind the scenes, God's working this all out for your good. One of of my favorite stories to tell is that no, I'm not going to tell. I'm going to save that for another message. But anyway, Mark chapter 4 is not in my notes. Uh, The rule of God, the authority of God, the kingdom of God is actually the rule of God. And when God says something, it happens. When God says by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, you were. When God says that all your needs are, are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, they are. And you need to rest in that. And you need to trust in the authority of God. God's authority is not a place of strife. It's a place of rest. It's because I said so. Did you ever tell your kids because I said so? You know, I tried it. You try to explain things to your kids. Why do, I need to, why do I need to clean my room, mommy? Well, because it's messy. So, well, you need to clean it but why because it's a mess so you ever you ever try to have a discussion with a five-year-old about why they should clean their room eventually you end up saying go clean your room because I said so how many of you have ever said that some of you most of you don't have kids have never had kids He said, because I, you do that because, listen, there are things that happen in your life, in your situation because he said so. Why? why? How does it work? I don't know how it works. Right here says the kingdom of God is just like a farmer who sows seed in the field. He goes to bed and he has no idea what's happening under the ground, but it's happening. He has no idea, hey, a sprout came up. He can't take a whiteboard and draw you a diagram about the about the seed and the cotyledon and all the, all the stuff in there that comes up and how that all works and, and the chemical uh, formula for the fertilizer he's using. All he knows is I put the seed in there, watered it, fertilized it, and it came up. And he rests in the fact that, you know, he goes out one day, he doesn't, fall apart because he goes out to the field one day and nothing's happening he knows it's happening under the ground and I want to say to you that what you're waiting for God to do in your life it's happening under the ground and you need to rest in the fact that you've sown you are believing God and it's happening under the ground and it's going to come up you're going to wake up one day and you're going to find out it's happening trust in the authority of God number four don't blow the seriousness of your situation out of proportion don't blow the seriousness of your situation out of proportion now there are serious situations and then there are situations that are not quite so serious be careful that you don't blow the seriousness of it out of proportion in your own mind or in the minds of others why do we do that for some people that's their spiritual gift <laughs> everything's a big deal every Do you know that person for some people we think that's the only way we can get people to take us seriously this is a big deal otherwise people won't listen to us Um, how many of us know the saint that cried wolf how many of us are the saint that cried wolf when you do this we don't take you seriously with the big issues that do arise because everything's a big deal. I want to listen when you have a serious situation and you call the office and say, We need prayer agreement right now because this is serious. We want to take you at your, hey, this is serious. Get the staff together. Find somebody, Pastor Jody, lead us in prayer or something because because Betty called and this is serious. We want to be able to do that. But when we got people that call the office every week, this is serious. No, this is serious. No, this is serious. Then what happens is uh, Betty called again. So you want to be sure that you don't blow your situations out of proportion So we can take you seriously when the big issues do arise Now also when we allow the devil to make issues more serious than they are They become distractions to our true calling He wants everything to be a big deal Remember that how many of you have ever heard this If the devil can't defeat you he'll distract you And so when you allow him week after week after week to take any little situation that you're dealing with and blow it way out of proportion, and so every day you're worried, every night you're stressed, Every night you can't go to sleep because of all the stuff that you're doing, because of the person that didn't say hello to you, because of the person who was ugly to you, to the person that that cut you off uh, when you were trying to get on the on-ramp, to the person that didn't give you the discount you were supposed to get. And the devil wants to blow these. I mean, some people can't go to sleep because they went to a store to get a discount, a 10% discount, and they wouldn't give it to them because the coupon had expired the day before. And what kind of customer service was that? And it would only have saved them a dollar and 13 cents but they can't sleep the devil will do that to you to try to keep you distracted from your true calling number four don't blow the seriousness of the situation out of proportion number five be sure you want the outcome before you expend the energy be sure you want the outcome before you expend the energy Mark eleven twenty four says what things that you desire when you pray believe that you will receive them and you have them And so there's a question. How much desire do we actually have for what we're believing for? How do we actually want it? How badly do we want it? We've had people just just come apart because it please pray bombard heaven because I want this job And then they get the job and three months later. It's please bombard heaven. I need another job because that job's awful I'm sorry, I spent all the, that's all the fasting I'm going to do was three months ago for that job. I'm, not, I'm hungry. I'm not doing that again. In another church that we pastored in another town, there was a lady in our church, really precious, precious lady. We love this lady. She volunteered. She did so much stuff for us. She's so great. But this lady um, had been born with cerebral palsy, and she walked with crutches, crutches. Wonderful, wonderful lady. I can't, I can't celebrate her enough how great she was. But she would ask us, every time we prayed, who who, who needs prayer, please pray for my healing. I believe in God for my healing. Please, please pray for my healing. Believe in God for me to be healed. We prayed, we believed God. I mean, just bombarded heaven. And this went on for three or four years that we prayed for her. One Sunday we had a visiting minister who got up to minister and he walked over to this lady and uh, he said to her would you stand up please and she stood up with her crutches had her crutches on I I can see this this has been 25 years ago I can see this like this was yesterday and she stood up with her crutches and uh, he took her by the hand he said I want you to drop those crutches and I want you to walk with me and he walked her across the front of the platform and she walked for the first time ever in her life she was a school teacher we were stunned we we didn't rejoice at first we were stunned this lady is walking he had he wasn't holding her up he had her by the hand i can still see her and she was walking across the front of the church and we were just like We're watching a miracle happen right before our eyes. We were stunned. It's the only word I can think of to describe that, honey. We were stunned. And then the whole place just erupted. It just came apart. It was like, this is is New Testament stuff right here, ladies and gentlemen. And she got across the front of the church. He turned her around. She started walking back across the front of the church, got about halfway across, and she crumbled to the ground. And so they, they, he picked her up, tried to walk. She said, I can't do this anymore. And so he said, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, she's not used to this. Her muscles need to get used to it and that kind of thing. Man, we were so excited. So they sat her in the chair. And so how many of you know we had revival that day? We all got saved again. She called me the next week. And I don't want you to, I'm trying to impress something on you about the power of desire. And I don't want anybody in here to think I'm being critical toward this lady. I have no idea what it's like to have cerebral palsy, to be born with that and to deal with what she's dealing with. I am not at all being critical. But I want to point something out to you. She called me the next week and said, can I meet with you? I want to talk with you about something. She came to meet with me and she said, let me tell you why I just fell to the floor. She said, as I was walking across the front of that church with him, all of a sudden my whole life flashed in front of me and I realized that everything that I have is because of my disability. My whole apartment is set up with cabinets and everything so that I can reach it from a wheelchair. My car is set up so I can, I can pull up to it with a wheelchair, I can get in the car, fold up the wheelchair, put the wheelchair in it, and all of the, I don't have to use my legs to drive, everything is with my hands. The reason that I have my job is because they needed to hire someone in my condition to meet a quota and they hired me. My job, everything in my life is because of my condition. And I realized that if I get healed, I've got to start life all over again. I don't have this to, to, to work with. I, I, I have to, I, now I have to get a new apartment. I have to get a, get a different car. I have to learn how to drive. I may lose my job. And she said, once I realized all that, I decided I can't deal with that. I want to stay just like I am. Sobering thought. What happens if we get exactly what we pray for? exactly what we're believing for. what happens if we get exactly what we're stressing over that we don't have we don't what happens when we get the answer and then we have to live with it so this point is simply this be sure the outcome is what you want before you spend the energy y'all okay amen it's all quiet in here and then number six Determine that you're going to enter into his rest and allow these things that we just taught talked about to carry you You need to allow Speaking what God says about you that you have his wisdom to carry you you need to allow surrounding yourself If you'll surround yourself with faith with faith words faith people faith music faith pictures That faith will carry you if you'll trust in the authority of God's kingdom The rule of God when God says because I said so that it's going to happen that will carry you when you trust in the Authority of his kingdom when you don't blow the seriousness of the situation out of proportion Then the seriousness of the situation when it warrants will carry you when you Decide that you really do want the outcome before you expend the energy. That desire, the power of that desire will carry you. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who work hard and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Everybody say it. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, when we're in faith, we can rest. Faith is a place of rest, not a place of struggle. Say this faith is a place of rest, not a place of struggle. Faith is a place of rest, not a place of struggle. Now, listen to me as I close. Listen to this very carefully. You'll have to fight to get there. But once you're there, it's a faith of rest. You have to fight to get there. But once you get there it's a it's a place of rest it's like if we can just our armory army is here and we're gonna conquer the castle if we can just get inside the castle then life is good and we can rest so there's a fight and there's blood and there's sweat and there's tears and there's all this stuff to fight to fight to fight to get to the castle to get over the wall of the castle but once we're inside now we're at a place of rest getting Listen, getting in faith, standing in faith, getting to that place of faith, It's listen, we're fighting. We're speaking the Word of God. Anybody with me here? Everybody stand with me. We're speaking the Word of God. We're standing against the enemy. The enemy is coming against us. Our mind wants to say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do. But we're speaking that Word, and we're standing on that Word. Come on, somebody. And as we're doing that, we are taking ground and taking ground. And once we get to a place of faith, faith Hebrews 11 one, faith perceives as real fact what is not yet revealed to our senses So once we get to a place of faith, even though we don't have it yet, we're good I'm good. I got, I got this. Yeah, but 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 um, So which church are you going to pick? Hey, I, listen, I'm in a place of rest. I'm not stressed about it anymore Pastor Eddie freaks out about it too much and I haven't made a decision yet. I'll just tell him no Which didn't happen. Thank you, Jesus uh, you know, I'm, but I'm just gonna rest in this. I am not gonna get stressed out by this because I'm in a place of faith And I fought to get there by speaking his word and standing on his word and not <laughs> Focusing on what other people want me to focus on but focusing on his word and on his plan Does this help anybody today Say I am in a faith, place of faith. I Am in a place of rest. I have the wisdom of God and I know exactly what to do in every situation I surround myself with faith and I trust in the authority of God's kingdom when he says it it has to happen in Jesus name bow your heads with me close close your eyes how many of you are in a place where um, you just in the natural realm you don't know what to do you, you, you don't, you don't know what to do but you got a decision that has to be made a decision that needs to be made a decision that wasn't made and now you realize that not making a decision is, is hurting you we just want to believe god with you i want you to signify by raising your hand that from this day forward you're going to declare i know what to do if you're in a situation where you don't know what to do and today's the day when you want to declare you do know what to do raise your hand real high Father, in Jesus' name, you see the hands of people that are standing in faith, the people that know what to do. God, I thank you for the authority of your kingdom the authority of your power, the authority of your word. And I say in the name of Jesus that because these people are standing in faith and from this day forward are declaring, I know what to do. I thank you that your word comes to them clearly. Holy Spirit, that you speak to them in the nighttime, in their quiet time as they're praying and as they're seeking you. I thank you that they... uh, Attain a place of rest that they fight to get to that place and once they get to it I thank you that in that place of rest you can speak to them clearly in Jesus name Amen Please put your hands down but keep your heads bowed. I want to give you an opportunity if you don't have a a Relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus God loves you God has a plan for your life all of us because of sin have been separated from God, but Jesus Christ came and paid the price for your sin with his death on the cross so that you can be free to serve him, free to fulfill your destiny in God, and free to have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life so he can speak to you and you'll always know what to do. What you need to do is make a decision to follow Christ right now. Everybody that wants to pray a prayer with me, right there where you're standing, and make a decision to follow Christ, I want you to raise your hand real high right there where you're standing. I want to pray this prayer with you right there where you are. I see that hand. God bless you, young lady. I see that hand right back there. God bless you. Who else? Raise your hand right now and say, I want to make a decision to follow Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see that hand over there. God bless you. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Everybody can look up here. We've got people that have raised their hands and want to make decisions to follow Christ. We're so excited for you. Awesome. So we're going to pray a prayer with you right there where you are I want you to pray this prayer with us Because you're about to become our brothers and sisters in the Lord Let's all bow our heads one more time And pray this prayer with them Heavenly Father, thank you That you sent your son Jesus To die on the cross for me Jesus, thank you that you willingly came And paid the price for my sin With your death on the cross I receive your gift of salvation And I commit myself To live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them a big, big hand.